0: What's up everyone? Welcome to Beyond the Court, Episode 9. We're so happy that you're here joining us today. Um, My name is Agent P, also known as Pan. And we also have Daryl and Anwar. And we have a special, special guest in the building. Our first ever guest interview on Beyond the Court. A man that needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. Uh, Cabral Richards, also known as Cabby, was born and raised in Toronto. He attended Galt Collegiate Institute. He also attended Ryerson University, a member of their radio and television arts program. Cabby's early beginnings began at the Score Television Network, where he successfully pitched his own show in 2001 called Cabby on the Street. Cabby also hosted and produced NBA XL and J Zone on Sportsnet. From 2005 to 2010, Cabby hosted and produced uh, Cabby on the Street, Cabby Unlimited, and NBA Court Surfing on the Score. 2011 cabbie also joined the maryland dennis show on ctv as a special correspondent on the daytime talk show and then from 2011 to 2019 cabbie worked for tsn where he hosted and produced the awesome segments titled cabbie presents his unique his unique interview style has seen him interview the likes of michael jordan kobe bryant lebron james steph curry aaron Rodgers, patrick mahomes Sidney crosby alex ovechkin Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Mike Tyson, Usain Bolt, just to name a few. Cabby's interviews have also spanned into the world of entertainment with celebrities such as Will Smith, Hugh Jackman, Will Ferrell, Kevin Hart, Drake, Wiz Khalifa, ASAP Rocky, and Kendrick Lamar. Cabby is currently the host of the Bleacher Report betting show, and he is also the host of the Bleacher Report game day game show. Welcome, Cabby, to our podcast. Thank you very much. Uh,
1: Thorough. A thorough dissection or a thorough recap of my, uh, <laughs> my I biography, so you. thank you,
0: thank you for for <laughs> Anyone that. forgot it, I'd to, you know, make sure that we covered, that. covered as thank much you, as possible. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I guess, you know, just to get kicked off, um, Cabby, how are you doing during this time, you know, in the midst of a pandemic and this time of quarantine, how, how have you been doing? Well, um,
1: <clears throat> thank you for having me on the Serge Ibaka episode of Beyond the Court. This is uh, an honor for me. I've met... Uh, guys, never, ever, ever Google search Serge Ibaka jogging <laughs> sweatsuit sweatpants or jogging pants. Jeez. Don't ever do it because oh, it will man. change your life.
2: Really? Oh, okay.
1: Um, so how am I doing with the quarantine? So I put on 15 pounds. So the quarantine 15 <laughs> is a real thing. And because, like, I live in America, I live in Las Vegas, and food is so accessible in America, I just eat all of it. And mm-hmm. as I've been burning through documentaries on Netflix or YouTube, Hulu, HBO, Showtime, and various television shows, I've just been eating like a high school kid, but not doing any of the work, like not paying the tax right. for the food that I've been eating, unfortunately. <laughs> so it hasn't been a good look uh, in that regard. But other than that, I'm in a bubble here in Vegas, and you know the city's been decimated, like the it's... It's economy is hospitality, and, and it's been decimated by COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and, and, and there has been pressure for the city to reopen, and I believe we're in phase two, so some of the casinos have, have reopened. But most people wear masks, not all, which is mm-hmm. disappointing, but most people wear masks. And, uh, you know, when I do get out for some fitness, I, I try to go for runs around the neighborhood or, uh, or like, hikes. Because like, there's a mountain range close yeah. by. Nice. So unlike right. Toronto, which is completely flat, right. you know, in Las Vegas, I'm like 15 minutes from or 30 minutes from Mar- Charleston. So I get like, climb a mountain, a legit mountain, yeah. not, not effectively, but I can nice. at least try to climb a mountain. The way that the Raptors will try to climb a mountain, <laughs> mountain for the second time, uh, starting uh, July 31st or August, August 1st, whichever uh, date they confirm for the restart yeah. of the season.
0: No, definitely. I think, um, you know, you've mentioned with you now living in Las Vegas, uh, how's, how has your transition been, you know, in terms of leaving Canada and TSN and now living in Las Vegas with the new Bleacher Report venture and opportunity?
1: Thanks for asking. Uh, Bleacher is, you know, for years, I've been professionally jealous of the content that Bleacher creates, whether it's on the app. When I was covering the Raptors playoffs, we I mean, we went to the conference finals in 2016 and then obviously won the NBA championship in 2019, but I would use the Bleacher Report app. It's a great aggregator. It would have like your team streams. So mm-hmm. whoever the, the Raptors were playing their opponents, the peso of 16 was the Pacers it was the Miami heat. And then we got beat by the, by the Cavs. So I would just like click on those team streams and I would just get so much information from mm-hmm. the beat writers where it was a great mm-hmm. aggregator, but then on social. Whenever there was like 45 seconds after Russell Westbrook, you know, has a disgusting put back and then he just screams like they already have that highlight on Instagram. Or if it's Odell Beckham Jr. making a one handed catch Mm -hmm. by the time, you know, by the time the game's over, they have like a Spider-Man web you know, emerging from the yeah. to catch the ball and like some sick graphic. On it. And I was like, yeah. how fat, like, do these guys have like a, a entire, you know, uh, menu like a building or a campus of ninjas that are just so quick on the design <laughs> tip yeah. and can react in real time to these incredible moments in either pop culture or in actual sports. So moving here to Las Vegas to host the betting show and uh, the game day game show, um, the transition it's different in this regard. Back at TSN and in my previous life at the score, my sole purpose was to entertain and then inform. And that through my interviews uh, with athletes, asking the most ridiculous and strange and bizarre, awkward questions imaginable. Here, our focus is on betting and betting culture and creating awareness for betting culture and then leaning into um, interacting with that community and engaging with that betting community using memes, using music, using highlights to as like as a form of dialogue. So it's it's different. So no longer am I interacting with athletes, except for Chad Johnson, who joins us once every three weeks, oh, who's nice. amazing. Mm-hmm. Ocho Cinco well, cool. is a legend, yeah, yeah. Um, and I love that dude. And that guy eats McDonald's four to five times a week. Oh, so it doesn't well. make any sense that he's not 319 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> But he's just he's got an eight pack and he works out like a fiend like he's mm-hmm. still playing and he works out in like pants like and like, <laughs> like jackets. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I don't like he works Poor out in like <laughs> dicky's pants. Like, who does that? Like at the very I've seen bro there was a, there was a time I went to a good life at young at Bay and Bloor. Mm-hmm. It was like for some reason I was in that neighborhood and I was like oh, I just I just need to get a lift in because I was probably feeling guilty from Eating, you know, a burrito and, and chipotle <laughs> that was eighteen thousand right, right. calories. Delicious, but I was like, oh, I need to. But I one time I saw a group of dudes in there. I'm not even lying to you. And and what made me think of this? The connective tissue is weird outfits at the gym. Where Ocho Cinco was wearing dicky, like he's basically, <laughs> basically wearing khakis yeah, at the gym. Yeah, yeah. I saw dudes in like bobsled onesies. A crew of four dudes, <laughs> bobsled onesies <laughs> at the gym. I'm like,
2: like together as a team
0: <laughs> i know what's happening right now
1: what oh. is happening and, and i also had the same at uh, another uncomfortable uh circumstance where i was like in a corner just trying to do some like hammer curls and then there was a dude who was staring at me like in the reflection of the mirror and i was like so for like 0.7 i know i I knew what it felt like to be a woman at the gym where dudes are just leering. And the women, they just wanna go work out and get out. Like no one really wants, no one hangs out at the gym. You just gotta get your work in, do your 60 minutes or 90 minutes and peace out. But this dude kept staring. And then I had a dude interrupt me during, like I was doing uh, lunges and like some kind, like a curl or something. And my guy like wanted to make small talk with me during the set, I'm like, Oh, i didn't want to be rude to the gym. Yeah, like, who, ta- who talks at the gym nobody <laughs> other than oh, oh can i can i mix like can i can i jump in in between sets mm. on the leg press or you know the tricep extension or something anyway i know this is a long answer to your question about <laughs> transitioning transitioning from tsn to bleacher report uh that's how my brain works yeah. i don't have any concise thoughts <laughs> it's it the best way it just runs and yeah. runs and yeah. runs. Like a leaky faucet. Man.
0: Yeah, it's later um, roll. <laughs> so so the,
1: the one like the one thing I do miss about TSN and miss about home is just following the Raptors and like going to Raptors games at uh I guess Scotiabank. It's no, you know we once we can't once the, get used the, to that yet. <laughs> I know. Once the building changed, like the Raptors told us like, no, you guys have to say Scotiabank because we would oh. just be used to saying the ACC. Yeah, place, yeah. So yeah. Scotia Bank paid hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever, tens of millions for their naming rights of the building. Anyway, so I missed that. I miss going to A&W uh, and there are a couple of A&W's sprinkled around Toronto that are 24 hours, which I have legitimately visited in the double digit times after three Between three and four AM, I'm not. And I like I go in there hoping there's no one else in there, so I don't feel the shame of a couple of mama burgers. Whatever, there's always like two for something. It's like two mama burgers for six bucks, or two mama burgers for seven bucks. I always get
0: special. What's that? I'm a double buddy burger guy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> guilty. Yes. Guilty as charged. Yes. So yeah, you it, right.
1: Uh, so, uh, but, but the, the, the um, I guess, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to characterize it as the cool thing, but there is less of an importance of hockey in the United States. Here, mm-hmm. it's NFL football, college football. NBA basketball, college basketball, everything else. Mm. So basketball and football are my two favorite sports. So we lean, lean very deeply into those two sports. So, you know, working for TSN, hockey was a huge, was the number one priority sport. So at times it was nauseating when, you know, there's another Austin Matthews story or yeah. it's like, um, I don't know, the, the Montreal Canadiens, a uh, five-game losing streak. But Carey Price is playing, you know, on his head or like the Winnipeg, whatever, whatever the, the, you know, the Canadian market teams or whatever. But so that's been a bit of a nice change. Right, right. I, I can, I can lean into uh, uh, the, uh, like the two basketballs and the two, two footballs versus hockey 85% of the time and then everything else. Right. right. Nice.
2: That being said, I mean, um, I was in Vegas a couple of years ago. They're heavy on the Knights though. Like. They, yeah, well,
1: like, were you there that season they went to the Stanley Cup final? Like,
2: the their, season, their first season? The season after. So it was oh, still okay. pretty, pretty, pretty late, right? So, like, um, I remember, like, they were just, they treated it like football almost. Like, like the, the stadium was, there was, like, pockets of activities going on and, like, little, well, in the parking lot, there was stuff going on, right? I was like, man, you don't see this in Toronto. I guess that's just the culture there. That's how they, they did they tailgate like that. Right. So I was, I was, I was shocked. They're all about the Knights, man. Like they love it. I don't know how it is now. I haven't really been following the Knights, but like, I think it quieted down a bit.
1: Well, it, it, the Knights are still very popular and yeah. it's the only professional team in town. I mean, the Oakland, I said the Vegas Raiders, you know, open up That's in, uh, in September. Wait. Oh yeah. It's yeah. the stadium is gorgeous. It looks like um, a portal to a, a, a far part of the galaxy, like Whoa. the edge of the Milky Way galaxy. It looks <laughs> like every other stadium is either gray or uh, some of them might be brick or like a light, bre- like a beige. This one is black, like just glossy black. It's called the Legion Stadium, but it's a beautiful building. It looks incredible. As for the Golden Knights fans, yeah, the people here, the locals have really – embrace the club and obviously in the opening in the inaugural season they make it to the Stanley Cup finals and they lose to Ovechkin and the Capitals in five games but it was like it was almost like a Hollywood story totally out of of nowhere and then all these all these players that were cast offs from other teams they really banded together and then they used that as you know as a chip on their shoulder and they rallied around themselves you know much like us being in Toronto I mean. You know, having a Toronto like a baseball team and a basketball team, we are the perennial underdogs. And just being Canadians, we're underdogs as well because America is, is such a cultural force, an economic force, a superpower in the world. And then we're just like the polite neighbor to the north. We're just there. We, also, we also have a little bit of a, a younger brother complex, which served us, us well last year. And yeah. obviously we had a top 12 to 15 talent in the history of the game. Yeah. By the time he finishes his career, he'll likely be top 12, top 15 uh, in the history of the game. So we had him, but we had the rest of the guys who were big time underdogs.
0: You touched on, um, you know, Toronto Raptors, and, you know, today is actually the one year anniversary of the epic Toronto Raptors Championship Parade, where over, like, you know, 2 million people flocked to downtown Toronto, and, uh, you know, how were you celebrating a year ago today? We do remember you on a parade float. And uh, what were your thoughts on the Raptors championship run last season and even their playoff chances this year? As the okay, season well, uh,
1: resumes, to cut you out there. I'll start with the parade. It was magical. There was such a mosaic of faces in the audience. It was incredible. There was a time where I was saying to my producer, Dave, I was like, look at that little squad of six-year-olds. they were like 46-year-olds lighting this fence and all different shades. Like, it was awesome. Amazing. Like, the the yeah. whole country rallied around the Toronto Raptors. And because Toronto, and I've been everywhere in our country except the territories, but the rest of Canada doesn't look like Toronto. Toronto is very much a multicultural um, melting pot and uh, and we saw that. like I don't know if if the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup, we might we might get a similar number of people attending the parade, the two million to 2.5 million, but I don't know if we're going to see quite the diversity because mm-hmm. I don't know hockey isn't as inclusive culturally as basketball is because basketball spans the entire globe, and hockey is more regional to 16, 20 teams, right. and basketball is you know you can find it in I mean, the, the league broadcasts in 215 countries. Uh, okay, so the break. Um, I was on bus number four. There were five buses and then a parade of cars. So on my bus was Pascal Siakam, O.G. Ananobi, and Patrick mm. McCaw. Patrick McCaw and O.G. Ananobi, for, for a little time, they were just on the first floor of the double, double-decker double bus, and they weren't really enjoying themselves as much. Um, and then they came up top with a little bit of prodding, and then they, they felt the warmth and the love from the fans and it was overwhelming. And then they had to sort of retreat again, down <laughs> to the first floor. Cause it's like just having thousands of people chant your name, it's just gotta be uh, like oh, a crazy man. feeling. Pascal yeah. having the time of his life, like <laughs> Marcus Sol was yeah. living his absolute best <laughs> life. Pascal was number two. Pascal yeah. was also on the podium for yeah. living your best life. Yeah. And uh, he was up there with his, his two brothers and um, it was, like the whole parade was supposed to last two and a half hours. Start at 10, be done in Nathan Phillips Square by 1230. Mm-hmm. I don't even think we made a left onto university from Lakeshore mm-hmm. until 1230 or maybe even one. And we made it to Nathan Phillips Square by three, 330. I think the whole thing was done by four. So I felt bad for the broadcast teams that were at Nathan Phillips Square mm-hmm. that were trying to narrate the parade, which was moving out of snail's pace because – there was, like, it, the city did a terrible job planning. They didn't barricade, which, if the Raptors win again or if the much uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs win or if the Toronto Blue Jays yeah, yeah. down the road with this young core win uh, the World Series, then they'll barricade off the streets and block yeah. it because they just had lines of police officers walking beside the buses hmm. so there was one line of uh officers with bicycles another line of just officers walking and there was some parts that had a small barricade mm-hmm. but it wasn't like um not the grand prix but it wasn't like the most in indy where there's like full tall fences yeah. and then tall you know fences. the parade it could it can move uh quickly this was like and at times people were just over enthusiastically celebrating so they were like waving into the bus and i Listen, a credit to the officers that day um, in Toronto, like, I would have probably lost my patience because some people were just, A, drunk is out of their mind, and B, (laughs) just drunk off celebration, and then it was boiling hot, and you couldn't, like, drink, unless you were on the bus, you do not have access to anything to drink unless you brought some water with you, or food, so people were out there for, like, six hours just waving back and forth, <laughs> didn't bring any cliff bars, did not pack a, you know, a, like a smart water or whatever. So they were just, or they were just had like a little flask of whatever, you know, Jameson's or something. So mans were just faded in the streets. Um, okay. So then um, what can I tell you about on the bus? Um, at one point we snuck onto bus three where Fred Van Vliet, Drake, Kyle Lowry, and Kawhi Leonard were. And then we got in trouble by the director of uh, uh, media for the Toronto Raptors. Her name is Jennifer Quinn. was like, what are you guys doing on the bus? I'm like, oh, we just came to see if uh, Kawhi maybe changed his mind about doing an interview. He's not doing an interview. I'm like, oh, well, you know, just, it's been a few hours. Do you yeah, mind yeah. asking him? She's like, all right. Goes yeah. upstairs, comes back downstairs. Probably doesn't want oh, to do So Akil Augustine got to do what is called a pool interview. So he would, he interviewed, uh, I don't know if he interviewed Drake, but Freddie, Kyle, and Kawhi for about like 90 seconds, and those interviews were shared around around the globe. Right, so right. on his microphone, there was no what is called a mic flag, which has like drive by TSN or Sports Center, ESPN. Right. So we didn't have any of that, just a regular generic mic. And those interviews were shared. So um so we got in trouble for that. So then we got off bus three, mind you, I'm on bus four, okay? So then we go up to bus two. Bus two is Danny Green, Norman Powell. Nice. <laughs> can't remember who else was on bus two. So then I interviewed Normie, and then uh, Normie was just like, one eye was here, the other eye was like, hey, let me just go on a trip. Like, Normie was feeling nice. And, um, obviously, like, you know, he played well, and, and uh, it was just like, it was time for celebration. So at the end of the interview, my producer, Dave, was saying something to me, and I, and I was like, oh, did I miss asking a question? And that's when Normie popped open a bottle of champagne and poured it on my head. Oh, yeah, that that burns like when it gets in your eyes for real, it burns. (laughs) I Understand why in baseball and all the sports, the guys wear
2: Goggles, uh, goggles,
1: ski goggles. And back when I started covering the Stanley Cup finals in 2008, the first time I got to go into a celebratory dressing room, the Detroit Red Wings won the Stanley Cup in 2008 versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I went in there with like swimming goggles and a snorkel. <laughs> and I got sprayed a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Dominic Hashik opened a, a bottle of shit. Oh, wow. went, but it, it never <laughs> went in my eyes until Norm Powell did it. And then I was like crying and being a little wimp about it. I was like, Normie, yeah. why did you do this to me, Normie? I yeah. you, guys, Normie. Yeah. you know, and I remember he didn't that. care. He didn't mm-hmm. care. He was, he was having a great time. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that was... I can't remember the other discussions, but that was, that's my pretty story. It took I us guess- forever to get to Nathanville Square. Oh, one other thing. At, you know, there was, and this was like the, the the only smirch on the whole day was like there was, there were some like uh, shots fired in Nathanville Square. Right. And, uh, yeah. we, they were so far away from the stage where we were, and also on the stage was Prime Minister Trudeau. That stage was fortified. Mm-hmm. So I felt very comfortable at the side of the stage because right. there were... I don't know, 12 to 14 army rangers on both sides of the stage right. because the prime minister was there and I'm sure countless other secret, or ser- whatever, our yeah, yeah. Of the secret service is, maybe it's ceases or whatever. Yeah. So I felt very secure and also we couldn't hear anything. It wasn't until Matt Devlin was like, Hey guys, just want to remind everybody just to stay calm, just to be chill. It's a day of celebration. Um, and we didn't know what was going on when we were standing backstage as the players were being introduced and they said a few words and the only person who wasn't allowed to talk was Marcusol because Marcus was French. so French. like yeah. melted. <laughs> he just he, like, he probably would have started speaking French. Spanish yeah. to the crowd because
0: that's where he's from and nobody would have been understand. Yeah. Like at least give me French, but it was yeah. an awesome game Awesome day. definitely In terms of uh, uh you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh the Raptors' playoff chances this year, you know, how okay. the season's playing out and you know, the season's looking to resume shortly. Um, how do you like uh, their chances playing out?
1: Um, I like that everybody will be healthy. We saw a picture of, like, Slim marcusol and Slim Kyle Lowry. Wow, That's, man. that's promising. Mm. However, like, we've all we've all been on Instagram. Uh, we've all seen some women on Instagram. <laughs> they know their angles, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. Until, until I see them on the court, like, up against other... Yeah. Dudes, like you know, D, in a defensive set or whatever, they yeah. need to get a better sense of right. how they look. Um, but that's promising. Norm, obviously, um, he was coming back from an injury, and uh, he was playing well. So defensively, the team is. Geez, I didn't. I haven't looked at the numbers, but from what I recall, early like, towards the end of the suspension of the season, the Raptors. We're like in the top ten defensively. Offensively, we kind of we were like okay, and and obviously Pascal's usage rate has gone up, OGS has gone up, Kyle's has gone up, Freddie and, and Norm have been playing great. Uh, Surge, I think Kyle and Surge are like one and five in uh, in usage rate. So I guess pa- uh, Pascal is like number two. Um, listen, the team's been a cohesive unit for a lot of times. The young guys have been playing awesome. Um, and getting some nice minutes from uh, Ronnie Hollis, um, uh, Jefferson, and uh, um, and Terrence. Uh, what's a young? What's the young kid's Davis, name? Davis, Davis, man. Terrence Davis. Yeah. Terrence Davis, the twenty-two year old. Yeah.
2: Energy, man. Yeah.
1: Yes. So so, listen. Are we? I guess the big like defensively, the team has a high IQ, and there are some we have a um, because I keep saying wait, because the core. The core players have been playing together for a few years, that's very promising. It's like now it's like so much more pressure is gonna be on Pascal and Kyle to carry the offense. Mm -hmm. But with Freddie playing well and and Normie playing like Normie, listen, man, if he has an awesome um, awesome season, like he might opt out. He's he is entering, he has a player option for the final year. He can opt out and become a free agent if he plays really well in the playoffs. And if if we make a deep run, then Norman might be like, "Hey, man, you know it's time for me to get you know get some checks." Yeah. And then you know that's like I don't know what Jedi mind trick that Masai Ujiri is gonna have to pull on Giannis Antetokounmpo and get that Greek god to play for tomorrow. But I believe in Masai, and I haven't spoken to him about this at all. And obviously, every Raptors fan is like hoping, wishing, and praying that the great God will come to Toronto and, and uh, suit up. Cause that would just be incredible. Um, okay. So, but the playoffs. Um, yeah, I guess, um, you know, hopefully we finished in the second seed. I think we had a, we were supposed to play Philly and then Boston. I think Boston is the the one team that might challenge us for uh second in the East. Uh, but yeah, that seating won't be, uh, we won't know until those eight games are played and then there's a potential playing, playing round the eight, nine, eight, nine yeah. matchups. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic as I've always been as a Raptors fan. Not having LeBron in the conference is a nice bonus. Uh, it's just like who is going to be the defensive stopper in the fourth quarter because Kawhi Leonard plays on the Clippers and OG and Ananobi has years to go before he's on Kawhi's level, at, uh, defensively. I mean, with his physical size and length, like. He has the body type for it, but Kawhi is just the absolute Nicole, machine. Yeah. And he, I'm sure um, Elon Musk has just been sending him updates or for his software package <laughs> so that he can recharge <laughs> his batteries yeah. just by laying either laying in the sun or being like hooked up into the mainframe. Because when it's go time, Kawhi just turns into the Terminator. Yeah, and it's, it's very difficult for other teams to guard that Whoa. guy or to be guarded by him.
2: Absolutely, man. I feel like um, Norm for us is going to be the X factor um, in many ways. Because every time he's come back from an injury this year, he's just taking it up that next level. level. Yeah, man. So, like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, he's had that injury. He's had time to recover. He's hopefully had time to hit the gym. So, like, I hope he continues that trend and, like, is the X factor that, like, the Raptors need. Was he starting when he got injured?
1: Or Was he coming off the bench?
0: Um, I think he was. He was starting. Who was somebody else was injured? I think it was a blend of like different lineups. Yeah,
1: because because uh, I think Gasol was injured for a while, and you right. know uh, Kyle only played fifty-two of the Raptors were forty-six and eighteen, so that's uh, sixty-four games. So um, uh, forty-six and eighteen, yeah, for sixty-four games. Um, so what's he start? I, I, I can't remember. Like, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of that I Utah know, yeah. game. Like that March uh, – not <laughs> yeah. March eleven, March 9th, I think is when they played Utah before yeah. uh, the Jazz played uh, – was it the Rockets and that uh, was the end of the uh, – Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Suspended?
2: yeah. I
1: can't
0: remember. I feel from, like
2: uh, he was. I, I, I feel like he was starting because uh, there was somebody else that was out. Uh, and, and he was, well, he, oh, I think he oh.
0: was starting. He was going for a take, and then that's when he turned his ankle, right? And he left the right. game against yeah. Utah. Right, right, yeah. right, okay, right. okay.
2: Yeah, so yeah, man, Like to me, like, he's going to be a key – key figure in, in, in our success. Um, obviously, Larry's going to be a huge factor as well, but to me, yes. um, I think Norm's going to do something special.
1: I hope yeah, so, and man. And says I, says I love he th- th- that he plays with a, a chip on his shoulder, as many of the guys do. Fred does too. And it's just like, it's like some of the, like Kevin Durant said of uh, Fred Van Vliet, like gave him the, like the ultimate compliment. It's like, right. that dude is a dog. Mm. And like, it's... And Normie's got some of that in him, too. Mm. And all those years that Dwayne Casey kind of put him in the doghouse and he was yeah. like begging for – not begging, yeah. but he was asking for starting time. And Coach Casey was just like, man, you got to just marinate in the oven a little bit longer. And it's like Normie – and, you know, everybody has waves of inconsistency. And I know that Norm, like, got down on himself for that. But uh, once, like, he found his groove, kind of like the way – that Fred Van Vliet found his groove after his little boy yeah. was born. Was Fred, Fred junior, just turned <laughs> <laughs> into a monster in the in the conference finals in the in the finals.
0: Yeah.
1: Normie's got a little bit of that in him too. Nice. Uh
0: want to kind of segue as well, uh, Cabby. I mean, we've seen your ability to connect and the awesome interactions and interviews that you've been able to do and some of our favorite interviews and your interactions have been with Kobe Bryant. I think you had said that you had done about 20 interviews with kobe at the score and maybe one with tsn and we we remember the episode where you know you had a chance to interview kobe in the limo you gave kobe a ring uh you offered kobe a copy of a key to your own house um and uh you know our squad has such a great respect and admiration for kobe you know rest in peace to kobe uh what were maybe one or two unique stories that you could share with us about kobe that people wouldn't be aware of and just based on the bond and relationship that you had with him
1: um. when I would see him I would pitch him two new ideas I wanted I wanted to like Kobe to do a sketch because our, our our interactions were mostly interviews but I wanted to do a sketch so I'd pitch him two sketch ideas every time I saw him and he would be like you they let you over the border I'm like yes yeah <laughs> the, you know, the president <laughs> gave me a, a pardon and he called me cabster and uh all right, Capser, what do you got? So then, uh, there was a time I pitched him. Uh, one time, I pitched him this idea about buying one of his houses. He had like three <laughs> homes in Orange County, so I was going to be like some fake rich tech guy or finance guy. Uh, but I was in the you know I was in the market for you know a eighteen thousand square foot home, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and at the end, Kobe would return home, and this would be a way for me to like film his house like i made it to kobe's house and you know i'm like walking around and see so um and at the end he returned home and he's got his two dogs hit these two big um they weren't pit bulls i can't remember the the breed not aikido or i'm not a dog guy i can't remember what he said they were but they were big Uh, so at the end of the bit he, he releases the leashes of the dogs they chase after me uh you know cut to black so kobe's like Eh, that's all right. Because uh write me some Dave Chappelle show shit. <laughs> I was like, Dave Chappelle! <laughs> Kobe, I'm a fat reporter from Toronto. What do you mean, Dave Chappelle? <laughs> Dave Chappelle is a comedic genius. He's one of the most brilliant minds of our time. He's like, and he is because he's so like he, he, he trend, almost transcends comedy and now he like he is uh like a, a a truth teller he's like one of the voices and he's like he's one of the voices of our time anyway he's so brilliant
2: absolutely I was like, Kobe, like, he is.
1: i'm a fat reporter like like dave Shib- but he's like i he wanted me to dig deeper and write something that had you know more punch lines and had just had more bang for its buck for Kobe to want to agree to do a sketch, because Kobe wasn't like he appeared in I think Modern Family and maybe a couple of other t- of other TV shows, but he was always Kobe, and he would be Kobe in these sketches. One time, uh, another idea that we pitched him was to be a uh, to to lead uh, like a, like an Alcoholics Anonymous group. <laughs> But of, like, retired superheroes. And Kobe was, like, the Black Mamba. We're going to have Steve Nash. And we're going to pitch it to Steve Nash to be, like, Captain Canada. And then we would, I don't know, we'd be sharing our stories. And that was, like, kind of the concept. He's like, And then uh, (laughs) the one that he did agree to was, uh, and I've told this before, but uh, it was, what if Kobe didn't go to the NBA out of high school? Mm. What if Kobe went to college for you? And I had heard that had he gone to college, he would have went to Duke. Ooh. So the sketch was what if Kobe and I were roommates at Duke for his one year <laughs> in college? Nice.
2: Can okay. you imagine? Then,
1: so then Kobe, he and like I would I would draw like I would get like a sketch made and I'd put it on like foam core like all right here's what I was like I was like pitching him like it was just like a one panel storyboard. So I did this dorm room with like the Duke logo on the carpet and like a couple of posters on the wall and like a generic dorm. He goes, this is funny. He goes, I would would mother bleep and kill you too if we were roommates. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so should I write this one? He goes, yeah, okay, yeah, write it. So there I am, like, writing draft after draft. I'm like, is this funny enough? Send it to a couple of my friends. They punch it up, add some more jokes, submit it to um, this, this lady who ran Kobe's, who ran Kobe Inc. Her name was Molly Carter. So I, like, I did, like, five drafts and I sent it, waiting for notes, Molly's like, you gotta change it, Andy. You can't have girls in the sketch. I'm like, but Molly, like, we're college kids at Duke. Like, of course we <laughs> need girls. Yeah. She's, like, she's like, no, change it. I'm like, okay. So I do a couple more drafts, send it, and then send it, and I'm like, hey, Molly, has Kobe read it? And so, and then like, Kobe was, um, this was, oh, this was like during the last year of his of his career. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, I guess what people didn't know is that. Uh, Kobe had self-financed a camera crew to follow him the entire last um, year of his career, and in our last interview, they were recording us, me being a goofball and doing it and like trying to hug him and trying to hug him like multiple <laughs> times. I gave him a card, yeah. like this, you know, for the thirty thousand points that you scored here, thirty thousand hugs, right. and then Kobe like, "Hold on sure. a second, like back up." Um, so I mean. I doubt any of that footage will ever make like his documentary, whether it's eight parts in 24, like maybe it's eight hours and 24 minutes,
0: mm.
1: right. Or if it's, I don't know, 24, eight, seg- eight minute section segments, who, who knows what it's going to be. But um, uh, what was my point there? Um, oh yeah. So Molly was like, no. Nah. So, so I, we never, we never got around to doing it. Cause like, he was just busy with launching his media company. I mean, he, so it was like uh, did a hunt, he had a 100 million dollar investment firm. He uh, launched the Wizenard book series. Amazing. He wrote Dear Basketball, which won an Oscar for a yeah. short um, short documentary subject or short animated film uh, or animated short. Excuse me. Uh, what else? I mean, he was obviously more present in Gigi's. And and Nathalia's um, athletic endeavors. Nathalia played volleyball. Gigi played basketball. So we just didn't have really the time. And oh, man, like, we were going to studio, like, direct. Like, we were going to blow out the budget for this thing. And, like, have, like, a one-like Kobe. We got four hours with Kobe. Like, and just, all right, everybody. And my friend Nigel, we were playing squash one day. And then we were brainstorming. And he actually gave me the idea. So, like, Nigel, I wrote a part for Nigel in there to to have, like, a cameo and stuff anyway so Kobe always pushed me to to be better and the last time when I saw him in um in Toronto during the all-star game uh after the game's over I went down to the court you know game a hog and he said uh and this is it really touched me he said you're at the beginning of what you're going to be and I was like wow man no one's ever said anything like that to me before and it like it mm. always stuck with me and just like yeah. and like listen it costs you nothing to be nice because mm-hmm. it, it's it, you know and it costs you nothing to be a jerk but if they're both the same, why not be nice? And Kobe chose to be just inspirational. Like the Mamba mentality, his mantra is universal. It's just like work hard, dig deep, believe in yourself. Like all those things, that messaging can be applied to anybody's life. So I really, I really embrace that. I embrace that moment. And every time I hug the dude, you know, there would be a lot of resistance, but then I just wear him down over the course of like 10 or 15 minutes. And then he would relent. And then I get like, then you know, like a hug of dude, I could never like get close to his face, like my face on his face, like this. Well, like I would because he was six six and I'm only six feet tall.
0: I get like right under his chin. Right oh that's man, that's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, was he more man. was he more comfortable than MJ at the end of it? <laughs> you know when you had a chance to yeah, hug.
1: Yeah, uh, MJ was a little bit more welcoming to it because nobody hugs MJ. Like yeah. nobody touches MJ. No, no. So yeah. I, I just like um, I, like it was like a sneak attack, and, and MJ <laughs> just didn't hug. know what to do with it. You know, what I mean? and here's no some idea chubby. You that off, man. Thank you, man. Some chubby dude just hot, pressing his my body <laughs> against him, right in, like right on his chest and I'm just
0: like all right man yeah man all right all right and oh that just,
2: no, skills man. no i heard you say um I, I heard you say one time that you know uh, i think i can't remember what show it was one but somebody asked you a question about the hugging right and you were like you know what it's the perfect thing to disarm it's the perfect thing to disarm them right and kind of open up that floodgate where it's like they become they see you as something else right so like, just a hug, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's crazy, man. And like, it's the fact that- It's
1: invasive doctor- and different, yeah. but yes, I, I was, it was a way to disarm them. Correct. Off, like, sometimes I put my arm around dudes, or I would touch their chest, or sometimes, like Mo Pete, sometimes I would, like, I would stroke his face, and be like, Come on, man. You don't know me like that, man. And I loved interviewing Mo Pete because yeah. I was so inappropriate. Like in the score days, I did some things I definitely could not get away with in 2020. Like, yeah. Obviously, yeah. culturally, we've evolved. Right. And I would always bring up uh, Mo Pete's sister, Tonda. <laughs> How's Tonda? Like, can I talk to her? He goes, and would be like, you could talk to him, you can't talk to her. Right? right. You can say hi and be nice. But you can't talk to him. I'm Like, what do you mean? Like, she's a beautiful woman. And he goes, hey man. And he goes, hey. And he was like, even like, was, <laughs> was the
0: absolute
1: man. best. Man. Awesome,
0: awesome. Uh, Cabby, Thank you so much for even sharing, you know, those stories and just those memories with Colby and uh, even just reflecting on just what he imparted on you as well. Uh, that's that's so awesome and so, so inspirational to hear. Uh, if you're okay, we wanted to do a bit of a, a rapid fire. Let's go, I'm so sorry. I'm my,
1: my questions, my answers have been so long. I no, will condense don't. them and no. <laughs> give you a whole list
0: of rapid All fire. Good. We'll call this a Fab Five with Cavi, You know, Let's in terms do it. Of these five questions here. So first question, which song do you currently have on repeat? on your playlist
1: that's a great question uh i was just listening to um oh my gosh hold on i have my thank you that's a great question um <laughs> this is terrible that i i have to like look it up uh i'm so sorry fellas oh don't worry, no man No we good well i just mm, i just bought the tona album called uh july 26th but i haven't been that hasn't been on steady replay um I've been listening to this song called Long Beach by Coda the Friend. It's super smooth. It's like a summery, summery vibes. And um, And then I just made a playlist the other day. I had to go for a run because I'm just a disgusting pig. And I like, I stepped on the scale literally yesterday. The, you know the quarantine 15 is real. Really yeah, <laughs> like this is gross we're like,
0: all I'm, catching you Cabby. we're all catching you. Oh,
1: <laughs> i had to make like a playlist so i put some jack harlow on there nice. put some g easy put some jada kiss nice. put some Dipset, mm. or uh, the diplomats or yeah dip set, and i put on um had some tory lanes on there just up tempo kind of thing but anyway code of the friend and then uh And, um, oh, my gosh, what's that song by uh, Earth Gang? Earth Gang just put out a song. Shoot, I can't remember. Anyway, I'm going to stick with the Code of the Friend song. I'm sorry that was rapid (laughs) fire, but then I'm talking for three and a half minutes. There's a problem.
0: I'm sorry. I'll do better. I'll do better. That's awesome. Which show on Netflix are you currently binge watching? You touched on Netflix.
1: Uh, uh, Great question. Uh, I'm watching um, All American with Tay Diggs. Nice. And there are a couple of—they're all like these young actors that aren't really that known. So I'm in season one. It's like a high school football story based on the real life of a of a dude of young black kid who grew up in Compton and made it to the NFL. It's like okay, it's like meant for teenage audiences, but I like teenage, so I'm watching that.
0: Nice, nice. If there if there was one Hollywood celebrity or professional athlete that you have not interviewed but would love to interview, who would it be? Uh, I mean,
1: oh my gosh, that's a great question. So I want to, I would love to interview Leo DiCaprio, uh, but I also want to interview Russell Westbrook and Cam Newton and Tiger Woods. Like I want to make... Russell Westbrook laugh and I want to make Tiger Woods laugh and Cam Newton and DiCaprio. And I don't know how it would do it. I would need to go in the lab and just figure mm. it out. It would, I would be so stressed out about it. Cause like, what do you ask these guys? Certainly Leo DiCaprio who's been interviewed thousands of times, actually, maybe, maybe the, the, the athletes have probably been interviewed more because they get interviewed every day and DiCaprio doesn't have to do an interview. He, he may not have to speak to the media for a year. Right, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, those guys are, those those four guys are on my on my nice. list. And then there's like Oprah, there's Serena. I'd love to interview Michelle Obama. Mm, nice. Big she's one, an icon. Yeah. You know, I would love to. You know, bunch of people. Nice. I would love to interview Tina Fey because she's so yeah. hilarious. Bunch of people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And uh, I'm sure you'll be able to get them to laugh, Cappy, with your creative genius and the acting. You'll, you'll one be of able hugs. to do it. Start it off with a hug. And you're yeah.
1: <laughs> well, for the women, it would have to be high. Yeah, yeah, or it's just, like a high five. Or, <laughs> you know, or, or this game. You know, or like, I like I would just say, oh, uh, you know, welcome to La. I'd like to start the interview this way, Stella L O. I once did that to like we're four of us we're on a commercial shoot and one of the one of the girls didn't know the game was like how do you not know? Stella but I'm a lot, old. I'm like 20 years older than this girl. I'm like, we didn't, we didn't play that one. I'm like, but I'm sure like, I feel like Michelle or, or, or Oprah, maybe even Serena would know the Stella. L- I don't even know what the name of that game is. Stella no, yeah. Lola. Yeah. I,
0: yeah. I, I remember, remember that, that track. I remember that track. Um, that's awesome. In, in no particular order, Cabby, who is on your NBA Mount Rushmore?
1: Kobe is the first face. Um, Steve Nash. Uh, oh, sorry, the, the, for interviews or for for players? For players.
0: Like for, oh, for players,
1: okay, okay, yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, or
0: even interviews. You can do both. That's cool.
1: Okay, let me do, let me continue interviews. Okay, so 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 uh, Kobe Nash, uh, Paul Pierce, nice. and. Kyle. Kyle mm. Lowry. So those for mm. interviews in the NBA. Okay, so then talent and, and skill and greatness and accomplishments. Um, I guess for greatness, it's Michael and then see, on Mount Rushmore, like the first face I think is, and I think it's Abraham Lincoln. I'm not exactly sure. Or is it Benjamin Franklin? I don't know. Or George <laughs> Washington. <I don't. laughs> yeah. Okay, so Michael and then uh, Michael LeBron... Magic and Kareem.
0: That is probably my stack four. That's a stack four.
2: Absolutely. That's
0: awesome. And last, last question here as part of Rapid Fire, Cabby. Uh, we know you love AW. Uh, what's been your go to snack or meal during this time of uh, quarantine?
1: Yo, I love this question and I'll try to make it <laughs> quick.
0: <laughs> Take five minutes. Man. No problem.
1: <laughs> I've been murdering <laughs> recently these Beyond Meat burgers. Oh, look at Yo, that. Oh, go to Costco, buy an 8-pack for 15 bucks and I've been getting, like, these pretzel buns. Bro, I'm so fat. Like, I'm so... <laughs> I the tomatoes, the lettuce, and the aged cheddar. I go spice, spicy mustard, mm. some ketchup, and then I'll sit on the couch and then crush two of them, put them in the foreman grill because I'm still a 21 year old college student at heart, <laughs> and I don't know how to use the stove. I use the Foreman grill, and uh, so that's what I did. And then before that, it would either be those those Kettle Creek, the, like the navy blue bag, like the salt and vinegar. Oh man, oh, dangerous! Bag, like that yeah. the, like, bottom of the bottom of the plastic, just like finger along the bottom to get yeah. the oil and the, yeah. and the, yeah. the salt, <laughs> and the, like that the little <laughs> The crumbs of the chips. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, occasionally I'll just go to see, I'm just so disgusting. And I'll go two <laughs> bags of popcorn in like a big bowl yeah. with, like the, um, with like the cheddar sprinkle, like that movie. Oh, popcorn. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fire. Yeah. That seasoning.
0: Yeah.
1: And then I'll watch like what I watched the other day. I watched Six Underground with Ryan Reynolds, which is wildly entertaining. A lot of logic flaws, but wildly entertaining movie. Or I'll watch. Uh, I watch billions right now. I'm watching, I'm watching Rami on Hulu. Mm. I'm watching um, like the Epstein documentary on. Old, I mean, it's like all over the place. It's like yeah. sometimes I want to turn my brain yeah. off. Other times I want to learn, so I'll watch documentaries. And right, then, right, right, right. You're like, what? Like, you just can't believe like certain things happen. Anyway. Okay, yeah. sorry. I know that no. that Fab Fab is usually like a, a three and a half minute game and we just extended it to 17 minutes.
0: All good, all good. I, we love, we love good. the insight and love your thoughts. Kavi, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where can the our viewers and listeners um, stay connected to what you're doing? Um, you know, at Bleacher Report and even your Instagram, like what's some things that you can plug that are coming? Uh, thank you, man. Yourself? Thanks
1: for asking. So on Twitter, it's just, Cabby is my handle. And on Instagram, it's the real cabby. And right now we are leaning into our, our COVID-19 strategy. I mean, as, as sports are going to resume with no fans, our, our stage in our office is out of the Caesars Palace hotel in Las Vegas, where we run the game show, but we're going to be running the game show and the football show with no fans. Like probably not very many people in the sports book. So we're thinking of ways of how we're gonna engage, connect with the audience, rebuild the community mm-hmm. um, with an at-home strategy. Mm-hmm. We we might not even be able to return to Caesars, even though it's open to the public, but right. Bleach Report's like, hey, we want you guys to work from home. Right, we wanna right. make sure right. everybody's safe. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking of like, do we lean into Zoom or lean into Instagram Live or obviously the Bleach Report app. we are figuring out those strategies and coming up with new content. So that'll be, you know, the BR Betting Instagram channel. It's like BR underscore betting. You'll right. see my my dumb face on there every once in a while. But Twitter, Instagram, it's Cabby and the real Cabby.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Cabby. So there you guys have it. Uh, the one, the only, Cabby Richards, OG in terms of uh, Canadian TV sports personality, such an inspiration. Cabby, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to spend time with us. And we hope we can do this again sometime soon. Hopefully it was enjoyable as a whole. Excellent, yes. I,
1: I appreciate you guys having me on the Serge Ibaka podcast.
2: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Do not,
1: again, do not Google Serge Ibaka
0: jogging dance. Don't, don't Google images. So, now. Cabby, it's not art? It's not art? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's art. It is, uh, yeah. Awesome. So there you guys have it. Um, Episode nine of Beyond the Court comes to a close with our special guest, our first interview, Cabby Richards. Uh, Don't forget to like and hit the subscribe button. And we'll also have the details for what Cabby just mentioned with respect to uh, Bleacher Report and all the stuff he has going on as well in the description. So thanks so much, guys. Take care. Be safe and stay blessed.